and welcome to episode 19 of the Bau podcast. Today we welcome Sarah Pagan. Sarah is founder and CEO at GoForest. GoForest is a young company established in 2020 that plant trees all over the world for companies and individuals who want to work towards a greener environment. GoForest aims to restore nature by planting the right kind of trees in environments where they have positive effects on biodiversity, carbon storage, employment, livelihood, and local economy. With more than 200 companies having become clients in only two years' time, including ourselves, Bau Living, they have had tremendously rapid growth. Therefore, I thought it would be nice to invite Sarah to discuss the past two years and also to look ahead to the future together. So let's dive into it. Welcome, Sarah. How are you doing? Hi, <laughs> I'm actually doing well. It's Friday, so uh, I'm always happy when it's Friday because actually, surprisingly, I'm working during the weekend, but I'm working while there are no emails coming in. <laughs> okay, that helps. <laughs> yes. Better focus. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, I, I know you have a very busy, busy schedule. Uh, you don't get 200 clients in two years uh, for the type of organization that you started while doing nothing, of course. Um, so, uh, first of all, yeah, uh, I'm very grateful you can you could make some time. Um, but I thought it would be interesting to um, maybe tell the story of Go Forest to our audience. Because, as I explained, it's mostly about construction, uh, our podcast, but also about environmentalism. And I think your organization and the growth it has experienced in the last two years is a very good example of uh, the second Part, the environmentalism. So maybe we start at the very beginning. Where did the idea for Go Forest uh, get created or where did it came from? Um, yeah, and how did you start with it? All right. So actually, I was always active in the sales and marketing uh, world, and I've worked with a, a rich and well known entrepreneur in Flanders, in Belgium. And uh, yeah, the guy, Philippe, was well known from a, a television show, um, The Sky is the Limit. And I worked for him uh, while we were organizing a luxury fair in uh, at the seaside in Belgium. Mm -hmm. And yeah, actually, we were thinking of a, a new kind of event where we actually bring luxury and ecology together. Because I, I really had the opinion that sustainability is really linked to one category of people, uh, really the greenies, but I, I think sustainability should become the norm, so something that is super normal. So I thought if we could launch this in the extreme other category of people, the luxury people, if, if I may call them like very categoric, um, we can maybe uh, raise awareness about the importance of uh, why we all have to do something. But uh, Philippe uh, had cancer, so he was really sick and um, we were nev never able to start something together, to do the event together. But his family and friends really believed in me. And the last ideas we were talking about was planting trees while creating a win-win situation for companies. So I wrote uh, a business plan during six months and then I tested my plan um, at certain companies, actually Durabrik and Woodstocks, both active in, uh, in construction. And uh, when I felt I was 
kind of ready to hit the market, I called CO2Logic. CO2Logic is actually part of the Swiss company Southpole. And they, um, they make sure that companies can become climate neutral with a strong reduction and offsetting plan. And I said to them, okay, listen, <laughs> I have something new. Uh, Belgium is an SME country. Maybe I can be the perfect first step for companies to go towards a greener and more sustainable future because the climate journey is really a journey. So the founder of CO2Logic, Antoine Hierings, was immediately fond of the concepts and he's actually my co-founder because when we were on the market, we did it together. And I could really use their expertise because I have a background in psychology and communication science, so not at all in climate. So I could really use the expertise of his team of 60 engineers. And uh, I'm really grateful because for me, it was not only important to have a little bit of a financial support to make this happen, but also an um, expertise uh, background in this field. Because tree planting is not super difficult, I guess, but it's really making sure that the trees survive, uh, that they are well maintained, uh, monitored. But also, I really wanted to plant trees all over the world. So you need people who are there already and have a good connection with the local communities. So that's where the partnership um, had its big uh, importance. And now we are on the market for already two years and a half, almost. Um, and it's really hard work because the maturity within companies differs a lot. We, we, we really have to explain why trees are important. And I'm like, guys, trees are essential. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we really have to give a lot of explanation. And yeah, it's a, a bit of a mission, a personal mission that I really want to make this succeed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, um so many points we can go from here. Um, so you don't have a background in NGOs or business or like you had a background in, in psychology. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yeah. then you decide to start in basically a business uh, to plant trees. But where did that personal motivation come from? Because it's, it's, it's quite a big hurdle or step to take I can imagine yeah so I when I was a child I was always in nature with my parents and family so I really love nature but I think we are all a little bit disconnected from nature uh, today but I was really having a lot of sales and marketing jobs and I was having really good numbers and really hitting targets and I was thinking to myself why can't I use my sales skills to really make a difference And this is how my shift happens. Like I really have to do something with those sales skills to make the world a better place. Why not? And did you have an inspiration or was it just like an insight at a certain moment that you're like, oh my God, I'm selling, but what am I selling? And is it doing something positive or like... I think the, the death of Philippe and the belief of his family and and the fact that everyone was already telling me for years that I had to do something on my own was really triggering me to change, completely change my career. Mm-hmm. And I was also at a certain point that I was, okay, or I will have a burnout where I am today, or I will completely go for something with impact, 
where I can fight for every single day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I think it's a very cool example of entrepreneurship then. Thank you. And the idea behind GoFogist is what precisely? I mean, I know it, but I think it's better that you explain it, of course. So we... We want to be a very accessible and transparent company. So basically a lot of companies are willing to plant trees in Belgium because it's local. But my personal passion and motivation lies in also convincing companies to plant on the other side of the world. But if you plant on the other side of the world, you immediately create a feeling of insecurity like are the trees are going to be planted? Will they be surviving after 10 years, 20 years? So um, we work with technology to really show what is happening on the field. We work with satellites. And if we see that the satellite imagery is a little bit old, we add drone footage. We can also count trees with drone footage. Um, And I think this is really important to give companies some kind of reporting that they really know, okay, if I plant there or there, it doesn't matter. I will have the same reporting and I don't have to take a plane to see my trees. Mm. You can also trust me because if, if you know me a little bit, you will know that I will, I would rather plant more trees than, than, than less trees. But next to trust, I think it's very important to be transparent in your reporting as a company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and how do companies decide how many trees they plant, or is it linked to like, yeah, is it is it for, is it different for every company, or do you do you as an organization give like indications of yeah how many trees or, or like uh, set goals or or how does that work? Well, this is something we are uh, examining this year a little bit more because we saw last year that a lot of companies sometimes really really big companies they plant an amount of trees that is the same that uh, is planted by an SME and with all my respect I think it has to be it has to stay a little bit proportional so this year we are working with the University of Ghent to really see where credibility of companies also lies because we are very much used as a marketing tool and um we are actually having a blacklist of companies where we don't want to work with because we know they are yeah, not good for nature. Um, but um, we always listen to companies. It's possible that they already have uh, a whole reduction plan and that they also offset their CO2, but that they want to plant trees as a gift for their employees, for example. So we always have to see why do, do they want to plant trees? What is the reason? And is it legit? Legit, um, because if if it's a very big company and the only thing they want to do they do is plant hundred trees to cover all, all to cover all the bad things, we are not participating. Mm-hmm. But it's a difficult role because we are a young company and refusing companies is something we do, but we don't like to do because we also want to grow and and our mission is to plant as many trees as possible. So we are not the cops and we really want to plant trees. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's difficult. And you, you, you now active for two and a half years Mm -hmm. and you started immediately with, uh, uh, partnering up with a bigger organization. If you look back on that now, 
is that was it a wise decision? Would you advise that to other people who would like to start something like this? I always talk about smart capital. I think it's super important to have experts around you because they already have the market experience that, that you don't have. And they can really help you when, when you go through really difficult experiences. The whole thing about tree planting, greenwashing, when is it greenwashing? What can we allow? What we can't we allow? It's really something that our mother company is helping us with. But also the expertise on the field, we really needed it. Because if you're a startup, you're small. But you need people all over the world who can really check up on your projects, who live there. And yeah, I would say that our investor was really an accelerator for us. So I'm really grateful and I would definitely do it again. <laughs> okay, yeah. And, and now in two years, two and a half, how many trees have been planted by... The organization. Well, we are almost at 300,000 trees, but I really want to reach 1 million as soon as possible. <laughs> and do you have a, a time? Well, goal? as we are now in a growth uh, stadium, I think we could, we can reach it this year. But um, yeah, I'm really like very focused on that, that number 1 million. And I think the funny thing will be when we reach the 1 million, I will think about the 2 million. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think as an entrepreneur, you never, you're never satisfied, but you really have to work with targets. And as soon as you reach something, you have to celebrate, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. have to enjoy that moment. Yeah, for sure. And what I can imagine 300,000 trees in two years time, that's not an easy task. Um, like what have been the biggest hurdles to, to getting those trees in the ground and also to get them in the ground because that's also something that I I can imagine like you can I can plant a tree right here in the middle of Antwerp uh, next to the goat but it's not going to be there for a long time probably um, and is that the best place I can plant that tree so um, yeah, it's maybe a bit of a complex question but how do you decide where there is the best place uh, to, to plant those trees and and uh, yeah what, what have you learned by by doing it basically in all two years time well um, first of all we we always plant trees on private lands so I will not plant here <laughs> on the, uh, next to the street um, we always plant on private land because then we are having control uh, about the situation we don't buy land because otherwise we couldn't keep up with our pricing and we believe that the ground is the soil and the ground is already there. So we really have to invest as much as possible in the impact we can create there. If 60 or 70% of your budget goes to buying land and 30% to planting trees, I think it's a pity. So, but we work on private land and um, we actually look at regions where there is a lot of deforestation and really deforestation that has a really bad impact on the local com communities. And then we are really talking about um, Africa because their people really depend on nature to survive. So as, uh, if they don't have banana plants anymore, uh, fruit trees anymore, they don't have food because in some periods there is an extreme drought, so they don't have rice anymore. So they really have to think about other systems like trees that can provide them food. So this is really where my personal uh, passion lies. It's really helping people 
with a system and a system for me is planting trees. You have different systems to really help people, but I think trees are a really strong system. And um, yeah, if you have regions with a really high deforestation rate like Brazil, where we plant in the Atlantic rainforest, there is less than 15% left of the forest. Um, you, you really see that there's a problem, but you see people suffering. And yeah, it's, it's really something I, I want to change. We also plan in Belgium uh, and in Europe, but also here we have problems. The, the trees uh, are sometimes sick in our own country because of pests, uh, fungi, really things that normally um, like a, a beetle, an insect, uh, normally it dies during the winter. And because of the temperatures that, not, that are not extreme anymore, those insects survive, so the, the trees get sick and the virus gets spread. So in Belgium, we really have to focus also on getting um, existing forests more resilient, uh, removing sick trees and replacing them by tree species that are resilient. And what do I mean with resilient? Enough um, diversity, but also sometimes tree species that come more, um, like 400 kilometers more, from the south that are already adapted to a little bit higher temperatures. So everywhere in the world, we have to prepare nature a little bit. Uh, yeah, not a little bit, but we have to really think of the temperatures that go up. I mean, 15 degrees in Belgium on New Year's Eve. This is not okay. I think everyone really liked it, but I was really sad about it. I was a bit shocked. Yeah, it's crazy. And it was not even in the news. Eh? It was no. not a headline. No. It was very strange. Like we were counting down till we were at the seaside. We were counting down till 12 and everyone just walked out in their dresses and in their shirts and yeah, it's warm. But it goes so fast. <laughs> was, I mean, yeah, it was very strange. Yeah. How do you find this private ground? Like, is it just people who own the pieces of land and say, yeah, because I can imagine in Brazil, it's yeah, it's fertile ground. They can also start using it for agriculture. Mm -hmm. And then they decide to give it away f to an organization that co that's going to plant trees on it. Or how, how, should, how should we look at this? So in uh, Belgium and Europe, we really work with private landowners, really people who own a big piece of land where there is already existing forest and they are really open to add additional forest because they know it's good for bio biodiversity and also for the soil quality. In um, the third world, I don't know if you say third world in English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. There we really work with uh, NGOs and social communities to really select farmers who are willing to plant trees on their lands. And there we really um, work around agroforestry really trees with an economic benefit for the people because we learn them that they can earn more money by planting and maintaining trees than by cattle breeding because then we actually change the cause of deforestation into a motivational positive tree story for those people and they really love it because people there are really focused on surviving and what what do they want they want to have food or income as long as you can offer it while and even while restoring nature it's a it's a perfect story and we really take them into that story with an educational program as well but we have legal contracts there 
which makes makes sure that they can cut down the trees, of course. But the motivation is also there, which is super important. In Madagascar, we have guards on the lands. Really? 24 hours, yeah. Paid by GoForest. Yeah, but the I, I think it's super important to have it because it's not people who are cutting down the trees, but if there's one cow... <laughs> On the fields, ah. no, he oh, can. No, the cow really? can eat all the small trees, eh? and in a in a mangrove area, we really have a guard in a kind of small tower, so he can see everything. Really, yes. And what if it, maybe it could also be a dog? Yeah, but it's <laughs> the the dogs won't eat all the trees. The the cows they do. And yeah, but the dogs keep the cow away, no? That's not really the plan. Okay. <laughs> it's the plan is the plan. If there's a cow. On the fields, they lock the cow up and then they ask whose cow is it. Right. She should, yeah, the cow should Why be is there. the cow there? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they, because cow, an, a cow is really um, a property of someone and a, a cow is, it's a, it's, I wouldn't say rich them, but they really want their cow back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they really have to explain why the cow was there. But cows are more of a problem there than people. <laughs> fascinating so every region has its own problems <laughs> and uh, possibilities but in some regions in the in the third world or, or brick countries it's more economical it makes more economical sense for the farmers to focus on agroforestry yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it has a higher return on investment than the agriculture. in terms of the surface yeah. yes yeah how do you mean in terms of the service? Because for a cow, you need more land. And on that same land, you can plant more trees with more income than right. one cow. Yeah, like in proportion, I would say. How come they don't know this? They see trees. First of all, some they don't know how they have to create income with the non-thermal products of the tree. So they really need help with that. Because meat... There's a lot of demand for meat, but for some products of the forest, there is not the biggest demand ever. So, or we create more demand, or we help them with um, buyers. So, for instance, in Peru, some trees um, give essential oils that can be distilled for cosmetic cosmetic firms. Well, there, uh, with a good partner, we really make sure that they immediately have a buyer. So then they know, okay, I have an income. They have security and trust. But if they don't have a buyer, then it's, it complicates the story because then you can have a lot of nice products, but if you can't sell them or you can't live with Ali by eating them, then the motivation is not really there. So they really need support and it's kind of a change model that we implement. But also in Peru, for example, those people eat meat three times a day. Eh? So no wonder that there's so much, that there are so many cows around. Three times a day. Yeah. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, the, meat. Yeah. So the breakfast is really a bowl full of meat. It's disgusting, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. I don't know. This, it can be nice, but... No, no. It, it looked like... <laughs> okay. it didn't look nice no it didn't no it didn't even look nice okay. so you really see where the problem comes from right and 
Hmm. But then I can imagine when you're there and you're doing the work of planting these trees, but then you see cows eating these small little trees, then... Well, it never happens because we always uh, have uh, hedge, uh, hedges. Yeah, hedges, yeah, yeah. But in Madagascar, we I was talking about cows because there we plant on a big scale mangroves mm -hmm. and there fencing is, is, is much more difficult because yeah. you work in mud areas you can't put a hedge in water <laughs> yeah. so, but no no there are no cow there is no cow risk i would say but this, there is always a reason why they cut trees and it's almost all the time to put yeah cows to, yeah cattle breeding and then i can imagine that you're there and then you see that happening the process that you just explained mm -hmm. and then Like, don't you sometimes think of like, maybe we should invest some money in re-educating or like making clear that eating just meat the entire day is also destroying the life. I mean, the, 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 the area and the nature in that country. Yeah, the people we work with are not eating meat in the morning anymore. I just did a local tour in Peru to really... Uh, understand the eating behavior but the people we work with they they eat vegetables and and a lot of fruits so they are they really changed their behavior but we are still a small company so to have right. that change on a big scale difficult yeah mm -hmm. how often do you go to those locations yourself because i i mean that's it's probably nice it's really motive i can imagine it's really motivating yeah, it's to super yeah. motivating but also the travel i mean it's not next next door so i try not to go very often because i don't think it's a good idea to take a plane all the time but i think it's super important that those people see you from time to time uh, even though we have our colleagues in every country and local partners i think from a kind of respect and interest they love to see me once in a while But I'm not visiting every project every year. I don't think it's feasible. It's not. It's also not acceptable because I would have to fly every month. And these are really long distances. We are um, making a documentary in Brazil at the moment. So I went two cool. times to Brazil and I will have to go back at least one more time. When I'm on the plane, I really feel guilty. But then I think I can have so much impact by doing this yeah it's so much better to just do it because okay the plane is flying and i can because i asked the people around me on the plane why they were on the plane and those reasons were not super important so i thought if someone can fly i can maybe fly and make a difference you know so you're like the uh the person you get seated next to who's gonna start like shaming you like, <laughs> no. why are you on this plane <laughs> no but not at all um If I if I want to travel, uh, I, I'm I'm not never traveling. Uh, but I I think we should all more be conscious about mm -hmm. taking planes. Mm -hmm. I think people some people take a plane like they take a take a train or and this is a bad reality. Mm -hmm. But not I think everyone takes a plane and I really also believe that traveling is really important for our our personal growth, but also. Like in Madagascar, people really depend on tourism. And during COVID, people were really suffering because they didn't have income because there were no tourists anymore. 
So the importance of tourists is also there. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit a story with two sides, you know. And I also think people should once in their lifetime see what poverty is like because it completely changes you. And yeah, we will realize that Belgians, they... They are really sometimes very negative of things that are not really important. It doesn't matter. So taking a plane, I'm not, uh, <laughs> it's very, it has to be nuanced, Ali, nuanced. Mm-hmm. Um, to date with how many people, how many people are in GoFogest? Like how big is the organization today? We are with uh, seven people, but not all of them are on our payroll because they are on the payroll of our investor, Southpool. Okay. Um, we are actually with a very small core team of four people um, who are based in Brussels. And then we have colleagues all over the world. And like we have a project manager in Brazil uh, for Go Forest, but it's more on a freelance basis. So uh, based on the time he invests invest in, in our projects. Right. As a startup, I think it's important to work with freelancers and with agencies because it's more flexible. Um, but our core team is, is everything. It's, it's really super important. We really rely on each other. And when someone goes to a, through a hard personal time, we, we are really there for each other. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. It sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, I can relate. It's the same. It's the same with us. Small core team. Yeah, and then a, a big network yeah, around it. Yes, yeah. for sure. Um, and you create really yeah heavy bonds when you work uh, together so intensely. Um, but I think maybe to get back to 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 the organization, it's it's really impressive what you have created in in two year and a half years time with such a small team. Um, what do you think has been like one of the key variables that has created this this success? Like if you look back on it now, 200 clients in two and a half years time with four people. And then of course uh, yeah, the, the rest, the, the, the people around it, but it's, it's a lot. Like it's almost a client once every three days. I think it's a lot when, uh, and then I'm a little bit like, acknowledging myself um i did it for one year and a half all by myself so before the capital increase i did it all by myself and um having a team really gives a lot of opportunities because if you do it by yourself you are your own bottleneck and sometimes i'm still my own bottleneck when i look at my agenda but i've learned that if you're a young company try to find capital try try to find an investor because it's so much better when you are a team um the the speed i could take when ali the speed the yeah now we are really growing much faster because we are a team and yeah this is the difference but i think the, the strength of go forest and and of other startups that are, are doing well is that we don't give up <laughs> like we work our asses off and uh, sometimes I'm really like, okay, I'm super tired. I really don't feel like working anymore. And still I keep going. It's not always super healthy because work-life balance, there is not a lot of balance at the moment. But I think it's all worth it. Mm-hmm. How do you do keep it 
somewhat healthy because I like we've been going at it for commercially four and a half years, but there were like two years before that we were developing this product. Um, we had no investors, so it was working on a business and then afterwards, yeah, doing something on the side to get some money. And I have for ourselves, we have noticed that you can do these sprints and go like really full pedal to the metal to the metal but but yeah it's not sustainable huh? after a while you hit a wall and then then yeah that's even worse at times so what have you learned about like that relationship between really i i really recognize it how you say it like you wanna just one more meal and just one to 30 more i really but it's not sustainable No, so last year I really had a crash moment. Uh, so I had a breakup um, with my partner and in my private life. And um, while Go Forest was really growing, so I really felt like on a personal level I was not in a growth <laughs> modus, <laughs> but the company the company was, and uh, my clients were really saying, "Sarah, you look so tired," and I was like, "Yeah, what do you want?" Uh, but I couldn't explain the reason why. And then I really realized, okay, Go Forest is saving me from my emotional difficult period because I really have to be focused on my job, but it's also a problem. I am my job. So now I'm training for a marathon <laughs> and I'm writing my own book. Oh God. <laughs> no. So, wow. No, but my solution, but it's for me, it's a personal solution, is to have other goals besides Go Forest. And this is really something I really like because this year I want to be me as a person again. You know, I'm, I'm so much the brand and I really want to have the brand that is linked to me, but also Sarah, you know. And I think this is an important exercise. And sometimes also just learn to shut down the computer. Tomorrow is a new day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little bit more chill But having other goals is really saving me a little bit and really supporting more balance. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think that's a very wise uh, and important uh, uh, lesson. Um, I also recognize it a lot uh, because as you say, you, you can fall in the trap of identifying you as your organization and your environment as well and Yeah, you, you're not. You're still, indeed, as you say, you're still a person. Yeah, and and as you're probably, you are probably quite a goal-oriented person. So I can imagine, indeed, that if you set some yeah, some other goals, that helps. Yeah. And another difficult thing is that I'm a. People really called me an activist. I don't think I'm an activist because I'm. I think I'm a kind of activist, but I'm not an extreme activist. But the thing is, with Go First, I really want to stay, I, I, not, I wouldn't say neutral, but you want to stay, yeah. And as a person, I really have a strong opinion. And this is sometimes mm. difficult for me because I really have an opinion about greenwashing. There's a lot of, a lot of things happening on the market. But when we communicate uh, under Go Forest, this is not entirely the extreme opinion I have because we, we, we are still a company and we have to be um, on the market as a company and not as, a, as an one person's opinion. 
So my link, my personal LinkedIn is always a little bit more extreme than the LinkedIn page of GoForest. And I think this is really important to allow yourself to be a little bit more extreme than your company. If, if you have to be always between those lines, I think it's difficult because you are a person with an opinion. Mm-hmm. And this is sometimes difficult to find the balance because sometimes I'm pissed off with some situations on the market I, and I really can't talk about it because we know the company or the company knows a client of us. So it's difficult sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. It's not going to get any better because you already have 200 clients. <laughs> more actually, but... <laughs> more? Yeah. Um, which makes maybe brings me to my next question. Um, how do you how do you see the future? Like, where is this all going to? If you're going to continue on this level of growth, uh, I can imagine Belgium is already becoming a bit too small, maybe, uh, <laughs> or it's going to be get going to become too small quite quick. So, um, yeah, what what's the uh, what's the multi-year vision um, for the, for Go Forest? So, yeah, I think 300,000 trees uh, trees or 1 million trees or 2 million trees, it's a very nice amount, but I think we should really scale a lot in the coming years because if you see how many forests uh, are disappearing, we have to work harder. But I also think there's an important role in inspiring other companies or people to also do something because... We with GoForest, we won't save the world, but if a lot of GoForest kind of companies exist and work together, and if we are all one team worldwide, we can plant a lot of trees. So I really talk with a lot of companies from other company uh, from other countries. We really talk and motivate each other because I think it will be an plus 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 story and not we uh, ourselves and we (laughs) that are going to save it but i think you have to plant trees but you also have to inspire right so you don't really look at like because there are other organizations that do this you don't really look at the competition as competitors you look at them as like team members um in belgium not everyone is really working together um but I think most of them realize that we can, um, yeah, we can do so much more if we work together. So, but the, some people are really willing to talk and others are like, yeah, we are competitors. But I think when you're in sustainability, competition should not be there, I think. Um, but it stays a business, eh? That's what I was going to yeah. get to. I, I, it sounds nice in theory, but I can imagine that if your organization is more efficient and better branding and the service is better, you're going to go quicker than the competition. And at a certain point, you're going to get into their operational territory and there is going to be friction. And Yeah. Lucky for us, there are not a lot of tree planting organizations in Belgium, but um, like we have a good contact with a company in Amsterdam. And we really are like, okay, as soon as one of the two is crossing the border, we will contact each other and, and we will work together. Mm. So I think sh- communication is everything. And working together will bring us much further. Mm. I really believe in that. Right. But yeah, companies, if they want to plant trees, they ask an, uh, us for an offer. They ask another company for an offer. So we are really... In Somewhat, business terms, yeah. we are competing. Huh? Right. Yeah. Um, maybe 
couple of uh, somewhat random questions, but I remember back in the day when we started to work together, um, I saw something on the website, but I don't know if it's still the case. Uh, uh, somewhat controversial term maybe, but blockchain. Mm-hmm. Is that still something that you use? The blockchain to like track the trees that have been planted and to give like an open ledger kind of uh, system towards the clients? Is that is it still a thing? Because there's somewhat a contradiction with the environmental target. Or, mm-hmm. I don't know. Something I was wondering. So in the first year of GoForest, we really wanted to take a picture of every tree that was planted and we wanted to register in the blockchain. But that was such a difficult story because there is lack of smartphones, lack of internet, so many issues on the field that we switched over to satellites and drones, which is much easier and also much more time efficient. But we use blockchain once a year to register all the certificates of our clients. To um, Why do we do it? Because companies, they talk a lot and we really want to show what the exact amount is that has been planted in a certain time frame. So that is something that we register in blockchain. It's a blockchain certificate. But we do it once a year and all together. So it um, consumes less energy than one Netflix series. And it's with Ethereum. So it's really okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not super polluting. Mm-hmm. If it's less than a Netflix series, I'm more guilty in the evening than during the day. <laughs> <laughs> so, But I really believe in blockchain. I really believe in blockchain, but we have to be very... Um, Conscious, right? Blockchain. I've been uh, maybe small personal side note, but I've been uh, basically since I, I discovered Bitcoin in 2012 when I was studying. Um, I was studying marketing, and then on Twitter I saw something. Oh, what's this? And I jumped down the rabbit hole. So I've also been interested for in it for yeah more than a decade now. And I've been quite active in it as well. Uh, but I was wondering. So what, you're one of the rich guys. No. Who no. bought it right on time before it I, became a thing. Yeah, that's a separate story. Um, <laughs> so, no. Also one that I will never tell uh, publicly. Okay. Because, uh, for some, anyway. Um, <laughs> but um, there, uh, uh, yeah, what, because you say you believe in it. Why do you believe in it? And where do you see like opportunities? I think blockchain is super uh, supportive in terms of transparency. And we all need more transparency in the market, not only in the sustainability markets, but in several domains to track things in supply chain models. I really believe in blockchain. Um, is it perfect? No, but I really believe that blockchain can uh, make things more efficient and transparent and easier to follow up on. Mm. I think I think um, it's a really great... Um, innovation or a tool yeah. yeah tool but i think it should be used very consciously but it should be used uh, when it's really necessary to track things and in in our domain i think people who are donating to the to good causes they almost never know where the money goes to so if you could track it via a blockchain i think uh, it would help a lot of insecurity and intransparency out of the world so could I read from the uh, the 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 yeah the inscriptions in the chain in Ethereum that you've already made? Could I read the data out of it? 
Oh, how yeah. does it? Okay. So you have your own page uh, on the blockchain and there you can find the proof that it's in blockchain. It's a timestamp proof. We actually only timestamp in blockchain. Eh? It's not a really big, uh, complicated uh, procedure. We only register things there. And um, I, <laughs> I'm really not having a strong technical background in blockchain, but I really love the fact that we are doing it because we can change it afterwards. So it's an honest model to show what companies did in mm. a certain year. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, another one I was thinking about. Um, today it's all focused on trees. I have read throughout the years on multiple occasions already, if I'm correct, that seaweed, for example, has and the sea itself has a bigger CO2 capturing uh, uh uh, availability as as trees and forests um, would you ever start planting seaweed with coal forests <laughs> you're actually asking me something i really can't tell you yet but okay. we are working on it okay <laughs> yeah yeah all right yeah may, i mean makes sense yeah uh, there's a green and a blue part huh, of the problem yes yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. but <laughs> right yeah to I, be announced to i uh I had back in the day um, um, when I wasn't 100% yet focused on Bau, I also had like many ideas of how I could start businesses with a envi positive environmental impact and like seaweed farmer or a seaweed farm was mm -hmm. one of them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. I also know a farm in Scotland, but I can't tell you more. <laughs> right. Okay, cool. But it's really funny because I can't lie. So I'm laughing like, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh. Um, no, no, but um, when it's uh, when it's live, uh, we will uh, probably see it pass by on LinkedIn. Uh, of course. And it's it's for this year, so... Oh, well, would you look at that? Mm -hmm. um, let's see. What else? I think um, around Go Forest, Go Forest, have I... Is there anything else? Because otherwise we're going to go a little bit more into like the personal questions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unless there is anything else you wanted to share to the audience about GoForest or lessons you've learned or opportunities you see. Well, I would like to, to end with the fact that every tree counts. So I went to uh, Madagascar in April last year and I saw 20 people um, using one tree for shelter and I really realized, okay, we have to be accessible uh, to smaller companies, solo entrepreneurs. Uh, yeah, we have to be flexible because every tree matters. And I think it's an important philosophy to believe that all small actions can create big impacts. And this is what we stand for. <laughs> right. Okay, cool. Um, 20 people on the one tree. It was raining. No, 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 it was so hot. Oh, yeah, okay. because of the temperatures, really for shades. Yeah. Oh, oh, Jesus. All right. Um, let's see. So I think you mentioned a couple of them already, but um, do you have any other passions outside of Go Forest? I really have a, a big social life. Okay. Uh, my friends are super important for me. And what I really love to do with them is uh, organizing nice weekends, um, going out, really enjoying nice restaurants. I really love to enjoy life next to my job. 
and I really appreciate a big social network around me. So this is one of my passions. And another passion is really um, being creative. So I've ever had my personal, uh, my own fashion collection. I actually won a prize in 2014 with a fashion concept. So if I can create things like my own YouTube channel soon, writing my own book, creating a collection, I'm super happy because I love to create. This is really my passion. <laughs> cool. Fashion and environmentalism, a bit of a conflict, no? Yeah, that's a big conflict, but <laughs> I'm talking about a gap of 12 years. Right, okay. It's okay, it's okay. okay. No, 10 years, but it's just, uh, it was a nice project when I was a student and I learned a lot from entrepreneurship and I really discovered by having a small own collection that I really wanted to have my own company someday. So okay. I think it's more that kind of message than the polluting fashion right. message. Right, 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 right. Um, on a personal level, what are any other like, like big lessons you've learned by doing this now? Um, yeah, anything that still comes to mind that we haven't discussed yet? I think if you have your own startup or company that you really learn how, who your real friends are. And I think a very important thing is that Friends are always there. I, I would say it vice versa than more than most of the people do. But when people are always there, when things go bad, but when things go well, these are really your real friends because they really support you. They are not jealous and they really know how much you work for it. And last year I won an award. So I won, won the most promising, promising female entrepreneur award in Belgium. And yeah, I was really shocked. I received the list of everyone who voted on me. I was really shocked that people close to me were not voting. Mm. And other people who I thought from, okay, they don't like me, they voted. So it really opened my eyes a bit because I really knew who my real friends are. And I think it's important when, when you have your own startup is that you have a really motivating and positive uh, environment around you. This is something I really learned. Mm. Yeah. And mm. a lot of people are also hanging out with you because they want to learn a lot. And, you know, the coolest evenings I have are evenings where we talk about random things, mm. not about business. And what I also learned is that a lot of people go through the same things. Mm -hmm. So... I'm in a community, uh, Rubicon, where there are a lot of entrepreneurs. And if I go and, and, and we have a session, I realize, okay, everything is, everyone is sharing the same challenges. But yeah, the friendship thing is something I really learned while having Go Forest. The importance of it. The importance and also quality above quantity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are there any specific steps you do now to, to, to foster those? The quality above quantity? Yeah, um, I, I I didn't really say goodbye to some of my friends, but I just hang out more with the ones that give me positive energy. <laughs> I think it's super important because during the day you're already struggling sometimes and you have to deal with so many different kinds of vibes. And at least when you have the choice, <laughs> choose wisely. <laughs> right. Okay. Um... If you could have a drink with anybody, that's one of like our 
standard cl uh, closing questions. If you could have a drink with anybody dead or alive, who would it be? I would love to have a drink with Leonardo DiCaprio because okay. yeah, he, he's good looking, <laughs> but he's a big inspiration for uh, in terms of climate uh, action. Uh, you should follow him in I on do. A, ah you do mm -hmm. yeah that then you understand why I want to have a drink right <laughs> fully yeah, yeah. I'm more than 25 so yeah, that, <laughs> that's like the thing that I'm always intrigued about the guy like I don't know he seems like full of contradictions in some point mm -hmm. like he has been really socially active from very early on mm -hmm. he has an amazing career he chooses like the right movies otherwise he doesn't really come into the spotlight that much. So I think he also does that very well. Yeah, his ego is not really there. Yeah, but then you have that whole like meme online that yeah. <laughs> the 25, as soon as a, as a girl he's dating turns 25, it's over. And it's like, it's almost, yeah. It, I, have you ever seen the graph? I just wonder what kind of dis discussions they sometimes have. I don't get it. <laughs> the, I, <laughs> like, <laughs> the guy is turning 50 now and he's only, yeah, it's, it's fascinating, yeah. Contradictions, a lot of contradictions. But yeah. sometimes I love contradictions, but this one is really, yeah, <laughs> I can't really understand. But yeah, I would like, like to have a glass of wine with him. I can imagine. Amazing actor, for sure. Yeah. Um, mm -mm. If there is a book, because apparently you're also a writer now, mm -hmm. uh, is there, if there is a book that, you, so I, I assume you read also, huh? if there is a book that, you recent, that you've recently read that you would like to advise to our listeners, is there something that like really stands out? I have, I'm reading a lot of books. Uh, I think everyone should read the books of Wim Vermeulen. He's a um, marketeer, but he's really an expert. Uh, and those books are about credibility, authenticity, uh, sustainable marketing. And when I go back to the essence trees, I would really recommend the hidden life of trees. Mm. Because trees are really like humans. I read that book. Okay. Yeah, it's It's great. really a great book. And if you're too lazy to read the book, you can also watch a movie. Yeah. It's also in a movie um, online. It's called that German uh, forest... Uh, uh, Counselor, I don't know how you mm -hmm, say it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I remember when I read that book and I was going on a walk through the forest. You could see like patterns. Yeah, yeah, it's sudden. magic. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, there's sunshine there. So there will, oh, and there they are, the small new ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's super cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, great. Um, maybe final question. Um, if you could like imagine like you have your career, you're still quite young. Um, what's the ultimate goal you hope to achieve? Is there like a grand vision you have for, for this trajectory that you're on? When I'm old, if I get old, <laughs> when I'm old, I would love to look back on my life and being, I would love to be proud for what, what I've achieved and what I've been able to create for the next generations. This is really, and I can't really say what that is, but I am really focused on big positive impact. Okay. Awesome. Anything else, Sarah, that you would like to share? Uh, where can people best follow you? Uh, those kind of things. I think uh, LinkedIn is really the channel where I'm super active and soon I'm going to launch my own <laughs> YouTube channel, but it will be for sure for the most of the uh, time in Dutch. Um, This is going to take another two to three weeks before it comes online. So if by then it's online, we can edit and then... Uh, yeah, 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 let's do that. All right. 
then I would like to thank you very much to uh, to join us today because it was kind of a, a hectic uh, a hectic day for you. Yeah. Um, so uh, once again, thank you very much for coming over here and making the time. And I wish you all the best with Go Forest. Thank you, and thank you for planting trees with us. Very welcome. I hope we uh, can plant many, many more uh, because basically every time one of these bad beauties, boys beauties. And beauties gets uh, gets built and installed, we. Um, we help the beautiful organization that you've created. So um. thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, maybe we, uh, we talk again in the future. Yes. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Bow Podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation, make sure to subscribe to our channel. If you're interested in Bow Living in our Smart Adaptable Module or SAM, go check out our website, bowliving.com. If you want to stay up to date, you can best subscribe to our monthly newsletter on our website or follow us on all social media platforms where we're named at Power Living.